This is 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. I'm Nathan. And I'm Bob. And for the first time in... Three months, four months, we're in the same room. We're, yeah. we're looking at each other while we do the review. And today, we're doing something that's weird and odd and strange. We had we had like a review planned, right, for when we came back from our vacation. And that was not the books that we're reviewing today. Right. And the books that we're re- reviewing today are not technically available anymore. Because they've been removed from the market for the next month while they fix the problem. So anyways, let's stop beating around the bush. What are we reviewing today, Bob? Today we're reviewing the V5 Camarilla and Anarch books that were released, and I didn't know there was a hiccup. Yeah, so so it's good It's good that you didn't know that, because um, the number one thing that has been brought up to my attention is, are you guys going to talk about blah? And do you know what I'm talking about? What oh, I, yeah. Okay. So... Um, for those of you who are not in the know, for those of you who don't know, um, there was a release of the PDFs of the Camarilla Guide uh, or the Camarilla and the Anarch book, whatever their official title is. I couldn't tell you. It's just Camarilla and Anarch, right? And apparently there was like some shit in these books that was unsensitive and shouldn't have been talked about or shouldn't have been written about or whatever. I, I, don't, I don't know specifically, but a lot of people got very upset by something that, from what I understand, was in the cam guide. What I what I could say to it yeah. is that in the cam guide, the section it gets there, I am a very thick-skinned person. Right. When it comes to fictional content I read, right. and I'm definitely on the side of it's fictional. Right. So you can do whatever you want. No. <laughs> no, you can't. You know, after talking to Mr. Dawkins, there was a gentleman gamer, and we had right. that chat, you know, kind of had a heart-to-heart open my mind a little bit to, to a different stance. And that's, there is a way to do something bad. Right. And we read it and right. I was shocked to read it. And in regards to reading it, folks, I stopped at a page and a half because the feel was like, it was too, it was too real. Well, here's the thing too. What we're talking about specifically, just about everyone who's listening to this probably already knows that there was a section in the Camarilla book about an ongoing situation in Chechnya. And to be totally honest and fair with everybody, me personally, I didn't even know it was going on. Right. So if there's lemons to lemonade here, it's that more people are aware of what's going on, but for not the right reason at all. But reading through this book, like that wasn't even the first section where I felt ill at ease reading. Right. There's this whole there's this whole section in the Camarilla Guide about the Gehenna war that's going on in the middle East. I know exactly what you're talking and, about. And there's a section in it where there's a bunch of like American soldiers that are just like murdered and mass by, um, Fatima al Fakati. And like, I get why less people are pissed off about that, but like even that really all of that stuff that takes place, like in the middle East, that's like taking place in ongoing, like war torn areas of our world. I felt really kind of just grimy reading it like that part right then and there. I was like, this is, this is like, it makes me ill at ease. Never before. And we've reviewed all the books right up to now. 
in, in none of those did you read a detailed account of where they were dragging real. Right. Right. They would they would mention, yeah, there's Nazis and they're over here and right. that happened, but we're dealing with the Zemis and the Carpathians who are using them as a backdrop to hide the very worst things they're doing. Right. And here's what the Zemis are doing. Right. So we're not even touching that for that sensitivity. Right. Well, now we're touching the sensitivity. Well, and it very much to me, like, I remember when New York by Night came out. I remember 2001. I remember 9-11 because I watched the shit happen live on television. And I think that for me, the one thing that I was always like, okay, I can get behind was White Wolf and most people that had any kind of, like, sense about them. They went, oh, our fiction has overlapped into real life. And we don't want to, we don't want to put, you know, like if you look at the comic books, the comic book characters came out in mass and they helped people. Right. It wasn't right. that Dr. Doom came and blew up a building. It wasn't that, you know, Thanos came and, and killed a bunch of people. Thanos kills fictional people, right? The Sabat kills fictional people. The, the Camarilla enslaves fictional neonates, but... When you take your game and you write it into an ongoing thing, regardless of what that is, there's a group of people somewhere who are dying and you are, you're profiting off of people's pain. And in the New York by Night book, say what you want about White Wolf back then, about their sensitivity towards like topics. People go off about the kindred of the East. They go off about the, the, the G word book. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, and that's, that's fine, but it it none of those were they were they were just handled poorly. They weren't just like written into the the background of the game that people who are ongoing in a in a uh, you know that are people people that are being murdered today are part of a vampiric conspiracy. Like it, it's just that's fucking stupid. You, you don't want to profit off it. If you draw attention to it, you want to do it for a good cause. Right. You want to bring awareness to it because both me, I share that with you. I had no idea. And then I heard this and I had to research it. Right. Why is that? You know what I mean? I could, I right. could tell you eight different idiot things Trump said, but I couldn't tell you what this is going on, on the other side of the world. And to read about it in a hobby, in that capacity, and we're entertainers, it's like I can't, I'm not comfortable with right. this. You know, is what that comes down to. And it's, it's Stan Lee uh, who I'm paraphrasing. I remember him talking about that the most important thing they did as Marvel is to make sure the issues they tackled were there to calm everybody. Right. That's how you stay entertaining. You calm them. You relax them. And you do it in such a way that, yeah, it's cool to read about, but it's never done to where it's basically attacking the situation. Right. Or, or uh, like, riding the back of it. Now, so that's just, that is what it is. Now, the one thing that, that also annoyed me about this was the way that, vampires had always existed was that vampire vampires may latch onto the backs of of crisis situations in order to you know like vampires aren't the cause of things right vampires are there they influence things from the background and that's not how this is presented this particular situation that was written into this book with chechnya is about a um almost a sect of vampires that that literally control the state. It's propaganda. Right. They released. Right. And we're, and we're handing out. I mean, that's the, when I say I didn't read it, I didn't read it. Uh-huh. What I did was I skimmed it. Oh, I, I read it this morning. And it, it's tons of propaganda, right. like sign up today, you know, right. that type of thing. So it's very much presented in a way that doesn't make sense from either the Camarilla perspective, nor does it make sense from the perspective of what has come before in the classic world of darkness. 
the classic world of darkness, the vampires, the Camarilla, even the Sabbat, they influence things. They may like a, like a leech, like a literal vampire may suck the lifeblood from things that are going on. But the way that this is presented is it is presented as if there is a subsect of vampires who are in control of the state and manipulate the state media to basically enslave the mortal populace. And while that's happening in real life, in that country, in that area, while we're talking, there's people being killed. And so just from that perspective, it doesn't even make sense from vampire. So yeah, when I first read it, you know, of, of course I was very much like, oh, whatever. It's like, you know, bad shit happens in the world of darkness, right? But then I actually read the material. And I think that for me, I don't know if you experienced this like through Discord and all that, but like as soon as this stuff started to come out, people were like, are you going to talk about this? Are you going to, are you going to comment on it? And it was like, I, I think we've done a really good job to try to not talk about like the, the political stuff that happens with this company and like the political stuff that's happened with previous releases, because it's just, we're, we're, we're here to review games. Who are we? Right. right. When it comes to that, we're, we're here entertaining. We're here uh, being sensitive to both sides. We want everybody to enjoy what we do. We want the community to grow right. with that similar mentality. And the moment you take a stance right. is the moment you lose an, an entire half of who you're trying to reach. And ultimately, I don't mean... I'll put. I'll say this then so it doesn't sound as bad. We care about everybody. Right. But in doing that, we have to maintain a neutrality. We, we, we try to like be as neutral about, the, about any of this stuff as, as possible because really we're here because we enjoy the game. And we're here to review books and tell people like, hey... You know, this these are books that can add to the fun of your game. These are books you should avoid because they're not good as far as the game is concerned. But um, having like a political stance on this stuff is not something we've ever intended to do. That being said, this isn't a political stance. No, this is just common sense. What the fuck were you thinking type of shit? This was stuff that to me, this validated every like person who had a who 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 had a gripe with White Wolf that I felt was like, oh, I think you're looking into it a little too deeply. No, this is bad. It's bad writing. It's thoughtless. And it seems to me to be like intentionally edgy for no redeeming quality. And the whole, both books. Mm -hmm. we're, I mean, we're, we'll just stick with the camera yep. first, but both books are written to be edgy. They're, they're to draw you in and make you feel, for instance, the Camarilla book, if you're familiar with Requiem, you're familiar with that Covenant the Invictus. And it's like they brought the Invictus to, to uh, old world of darkness, classic world of darkness. And in doing that, they're like, you're now the elite club of elite clubs mm -hmm. because you're a secret society. You're the Uber rich. You're hidden. There is a, you're either in or you're out. Right. There's no longer, we're taking everybody. Right. You have to take oaths to belong. And that's all right. Cool. It's just like the Invictus though. Right. Right. And now we're bringing it here. Does it fit? Yeah, that's fine. But then you're updating the elitism level of it. Right. Right. And then there's tons of letters and comments that you start reading in the books. And I do like that they do that with V5 to get the culture of it mm -hmm. to see how it is. Yeah. But as you're reading it, I, I, in my head, I don't know about you, I was like, I, I'm really thinking they're losing that purpose of the Camarilla back then. It really, truly felt to me as I was reading the remainder of the Camarilla book this morning, um, when I, at the, at the beginning of the book, when I first started reading it, I was like, oh, man, there's like some really interesting stuff in here. You know, they're talking about the traditions, etc. But then 
they start to get into this like deeply religious aspect. And that is, I don't know. I, I can't tell if they're trying to retcon that that's something that's always been part of the camera, but it hasn't been. What I read, I can shed, shed some light on it. I, I literally reread that section to try mm-hmm. to get where is this coming from? Cause I didn't see, it. I felt blindsided much like you. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is that they, it's the Gehenna war, right? The Gehenna war is straight up. The Sabbat found where Methuselahs were hiding, buried in the desert because they, duh, center of central civil or center of civilization. Right. Right. And they figured if you're going to find Methuselahs, it's going to be there when we thought the world was only that big. Right. So the Sabbat launch a crusade and get there and they're not as they're just finding Methuselah in the tomb and eat them. Right. We're waging this war. And this mysterious beckoning is coming out. And at this point, the beckoning seems to be a group of Methuselahs, possibly, who are calling, basically calling in the troops to help. Right. And then here comes the Camarillo and the Banu Hakim and all that stuff. And they're warring in the middle of the desert, where really everyone expects a war to go on. And they can kind of have this little shadow duel going. Which, too, I think is, I don't necessarily mind the Gehenna War, but also I feel like it, too smacks of the same and i said this earlier but it smacks of the same shit that is later in the book like there's 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 wars going on where people are really being murdered and we're sort of like painting this picture like it's it's kind of all happening to hide our vampire war well let's let the, let's let them like get an idea what we're talking about right. uh because if they're not available for a bit let's, let's <laughs> give that sneak peek fatima uh fatima i love that's a mm-hmm. character i've enjoyed very much that's not who's in the V5 book. Right. Oh, she's there. They painted a picture for it. It looks great. Uh, they talk about her awesome, almost a thousand years of killing and whatnot. All right. Yeah. But they do something that is so tasteless and so callous that I thought Fatima Al-Fakati would have killed the guy who tried to have her do this. And what that is, is that they set up an outpost and it's like over like 500 meters from the actual Sabat pack that Basically, the Sabbat grabbed Americans, right. like a group of them, and embraced them. They're all soldiers. Right. Because Sabbat decided that the military is going to be their best course of action to make shock troops to go through with orders to actually execute. Right. Which, as a side note, I felt like didn't make any sense at all. Because the U.S. military is pretty fucking hard to pin down. Well, the U.S. military is hard to pin. Like, to me, that wasn't researched. Right. How did you only grab five guys? And bring them over, or eight, or twenty, right. when they're in encampments, right? Over in, over in, quote unquote, enemy territory, they they watch people like a hawk. You got drones that find soldiers who get lost. You know, they lose their way. They're in Humvees. What did you do? Well, they just say it happened, right? Right. It just is what it is. So we'll go with it. Maybe they, who knows? But here's here's a group of them, and they're dug into this site, and they've known about it. Well, what the Camarilla did with the Ashira. I should say what the Ashira did and invited mm-hmm. the Camarilla dignitaries right, to come right. see it. There, there was a there was a Camarilla archon there witnessing it. Right, who's and, telling the story? Right, and the Ashira do basically set up bleachers, right, and they, they get of binoculars for those who don't have the acumen to see that far. And then Fatima Al Fakati stands up and like might as well just take off her robe, right, right, to, or her cape, you know, whatever she was staying warm with, and she looks to her retainer and says, uh, "What item?" And retainer says a sewing needle. Now, the archon explains this. Apparently, a knitting needle. Right, knitting needle. <laughs> Apparently, what they do is they need they challenge Fatima. Uh-huh. If it's people she can easily take, they get to pick the shitty yeah. weapon, and yeah. she has to make it work based on their risk. How how much of a challenge they would be for her to kill? They suggest a more useless weapon. 
Like right. The, the less challenging they are, the more useless the weapon is. Now, Phantom Alpha Kadi is a devout Muslim, right? Five pillars of Islam. Mm-hmm. This is in defiance of that. Mm-hmm. One does not enjoy killing your enemy. It is something that has to be done. Right. But it, it should be done with tact. It should be done with a semblance of honor. You honor your people and where you come from for doing this. And remember, Allah is all. Right. So how is this that? And the answer is it's not. Right. You know, and she disappears and goes over and this guy sees her. Basically, she just goes murder house. Right. On everybody with a sewing needle. And later on, finds the Archon, bumps into him and tells him, you know, hey, this sewing needle is a pretty good weapon. Right. And when I read it, I dropped, I just stopped reading. <laughs> right. I right. Because it's so tone deaf. Right? It doesn't, it doesn't fit. So, so to me, I read the same thing. And I, I was like, this reads like some fanboy who is like trying to write in the style of this, like it's their fanboy dream. Right. And to me, it was like, it was completely disrespectful and it was, it it made no sense within the context of that character and the way that character was written and all of the history of that character that came before. And then as as I'm reading it, the Sarkon basically it's his viewpoint, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm saying to myself, maybe there's cues that he missed and didn't hear the full picture. And he's adding assumptions to what he's writing. But then I said to myself, I won't give the writers that out. Right. I shouldn't be, as the reader, wondering no. what cues are there. No. You know, you should give me the full story. And just, I know that the participants don't know the full story. Well, and that brings me to my number one gripe about this book and the Anarch book as a whole. And that is that it, and, and please jump in if you disagree with me. These books are written in the style of, do you remember the, um, the old, uh, like, uh, like live action size books with the Nosferatu on the cover and it was like vampire, the masquerade and it had a bunch of stories in it. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? It was probably one on that it's shelf. It's called the there. book of kindred, right? The book of kindred. Great. I couldn't remember the name of it. Um, but it is a book of, uh, that what the book, what the, the book of kindred is, is it's a book of like essays told from the perspective of different clans and different vampires and canines and kindred, Sabat and Camarilla, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's meant to give you the flavor of the world, but it has no gaming material in it, right? right. It's just a book of essays. And I sat down and I got about 50 pages into the Anarch book. And I was like, okay, when does the next chapter start? Like, what is, what's <laughs> going on here? And so I'm reading it on my, you know, my iPad or whatever. And, so I, I tap the little thing on the screen and I'm, I start running through the pages and I'm like, where's, where's like the game stuff? Where's like the material in here? And it, there, there wasn't any for 160 fucking pages. And what, and what they did an economy that everything is from a viewpoint of an anarch, mm-hmm. a different one, right. you know, different sides of it. Absolutely. And they tell you at the beginning and I, and I get what they're doing. It's a bold move that they did. Uh-huh. They said, we're going to tell you about the sect from the people in it. Right. So that you can't mistake what we're seeing as an anarch. Right. But then they also have a very difficult hardship. And I, and I, as a writer was sitting here trying to go, I don't know how you would do this. You know, we have to write about a sect that never has a central leadership. Right. It's about a group of people who block to block. They're always going to be different and individualistic. Mm -hmm. So how do we make a common book that everyone can read and get what, what anarchs about without it being uniform? Right. Absolutely. But (laughs) <laughs> this is where I'm right with you. <laughs> You're going to do a couple stories. There should be, this is what a Baron is. Right. This is what, I mean, you're updating the material. Yes. Absolutely. You're assuming that you're getting all the old fans forward. Sure. But those old fans are looking how those positions and titles fit in. Right. 
in V5 timeline. And, and that's the thing. Like, I'm reading through this book and I'm going, okay, from what I understand, the whole point of V5 is to bring new blood into the game, right? Is to lure people who either maybe they haven't played in decades or right. people who maybe they saw some videos on Twitch and they were like, oh, this looks like a really great game. I want to get into it, right? So it's not necessarily geared towards you or I. Right. You or I know the game. It's geared towards new people. And I'm going through this book and I'm going, if I were new to this game and I picked up this book, what would I be able to access later? I got that answer for you. We got a Discord. Uh Uh-huh. And the people who read it, they're blowing up my inbox. Right. Asking me, why is... Why is Tyler not anywhere? Right. I thought Tyler was the first Anarch and didn't say that. And why is the Bruhad like, fra- like I get they left, but why did Theobel kill Hardestad? It doesn't really, why did this sect, like what happens? Right. Who is Hardestad? Exactly. And and I'm like, well, there's a couple books you could check out and you're helping them filter through to kind of get the backstory and do whatever. Right. But then I, I didn't think about that. I 100% agree with you. Right. Lost at sea is what they're going to be. Right. Absolutely. And I'm reading through this and I'm going, I as a player, as a as a knowledgeable storyteller and someone who's been playing this game for many years, I can pick up on every single story element because I'm, I've been doing it. I've been here. I've done this. But that's not my role in this podcast. That's not your role in this podcast. Right. Our role is to go, is this book useful to have at your table? As a player, do you need this book? Are you going to be able to access things in this book for reference while you're playing the game? And my answer is no, it, it is not. And and so I'm going through this. And what I did was, here's the picture. I set down the iPad. I got up and I was like, am I out of line? Am I full of shit? So I went over to the bookshelf and I grabbed the Anarch book, the revised edition Anarch book. I don't even have a physical copy of the... Uh, Anarchs Unbound book, but I was like, this this should be the benchmark. Uh, the Anarch Cookbook or Revised Edition Anarch book. And I flipped through it, and there was a chapter, and that chapter had, like, flavor, right? It had stories and talked about the Anarch movement, and then the next chapter had, like, stats and stuff, and, like, here's what a baron is, like what you said. Right. It has consumable information from the perspective of the player. It has out-of-character info. It's, it empowers the player of how to be the things right. you just wrote about. And so I'm, I'm looking at that book, and I'm, I think back to the interview we had with Justin Achille. And Justin Achille had talked about how self-indulgent one had to be to write a book thinking you could put no game mechanics in it. <laughs> and, I, you know, I remember us going, no, that would be kind of cool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we got it. And it's here. It's this book. And I'm like, this is fucking terrible. This is not a good book. And it's, here's, here's, here's redeemables, right? Mm-hmm. I took notes of stuff that does work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And now in here, it gives you an idea. Because we, we were asked this a lot. Like, yeah. what the hell is the camera roll? And why do I want to belong to the super club? Right. And you start reading it, and, and you get the idea, right? There's people talking about their place in the camera and why they did this, and why it's important for you, chill, to belong. And it gives you different perspectives to think of different concepts. Right. That's another thing. Without having to make templates, people already have an idea right. of their placement, right? That's cool. Um, when it comes down to uh, rites, rituals, that bothered me, right? Because mm-hmm. when you talk about an organization that never before believed in antediluvians, 
Ever. In fact, there was a there was a plausible deniability that they didn't exist. And how hypocri- hypocritical, I almost said hypocritical, but hypocritical is it <laughs> that the inner council, right, always a myth, still a myth. Right. Right? They're like, oh, well, it's representatives of the inner council. We know that there were people who started this, and some of us may have met them, but now we're not sure, and maybe they never existed. And I'm like, wait a second, but you believe in Methuselahs? Right. So much that you have a religion based on Methuselahs. Right. I mean, they're, they have a mission statement. Mm-hmm. The, the Camarilla has a mission statement. <laughs> Can we just go there? Like right. that's, that's like, okay, great. And it's, the mission statement says, King grants us unlife, the blood grants us power, the clans grant us our role, the Camarilla grants us order, and humanity grants us purpose. And I'm like, well and good. What is this, the Sabak on corporate? No, absolutely. That I was like, okay, why did you try to take all of the things that separated the Sabat from the Camarilla, which was the religious aspects of the Sabat, and try to inject them into the Camarilla, right? And they they make mention of this earlier. All people think that the Camarilla is a, a you know non-religious, uh, um, uh, etc. And they go on, and I'm like. It's page 16 of the Camarilla book you're referring to. Yeah. I literally took a note please. and highlighted yeah, That's what it is. Please read the quote if you um, could. I, I don't have the quote. It's just they talk about Gehenna Crusade, mm-hmm. and the person reading it states that they don't think the Camarilla and the Sabbat should have the problem they do mm-hmm. because they both have religion now, and really it's just a matter of how they go about that religion. So they well, literally need someone to negotiate. What is, is the feel they throw in there? Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, that's a hot button. Because right. if, if, if the Gehenna War is we get over in the East and we're pals. Well, basically what they've done is the, 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 the Camarilla was like, we're the Camarilla. We, we are the elite, but also we're everyone. We're, we're the sick, we're the poor, we're the tired, we're hungry. Our, our gates are open, all are welcome. But also, you got to play by the rules to get anywhere. You're nothing. Right. You're here. We all grant you the umbrella of our protection. There's some religious crazies that are down the block. And they want to kill all of you because they think that we serve some mythical antediluvians. Right? And I'm, keep keep going on your point. I want to And the Sabbat go, they they're they're the army of the antediluvians. They're, you know, blah blah blah. And the camera was like, You're crazy. They don't exist. They're that we are we are non religious entity. You can believe and worship whatever you want, but the moment you become a cult, that's when you become problematic. But instead what they did here was they went and I mean, I guess, you know, worshiping your elders is, you know, I guess it's kind of okay. Like, yeah, I guess we're going to fight them over there. So basically you've fulfilled your own prophecy. And they sloppily picked Methuselahs. Right. They sloppily did it. They have a whole religious dogma section Mm -hmm. where it's like the opening priest mentions the, uh, the, the preface to, to the Methuselah. Right. And, and then they go through and in the, in the crowd recites the Methuselah's known names in the Camarilla. Right. Moloch is one of the Methuselah's mentioned. Mm-hmm. That was like a hidden Bali Methuselah name from back in the day. It was supposed to be stricken <laughs> from the record. How the hell, where did you find this? Like who researched right. a religion? And in, and then there's more than that. That's just like, it's thrown in for a loop. Like, why are you doing that? Right. And I'm like, okay, cool. I don't want to throw writers under a bus or whoever researched and said it, but maybe you just found a list and that worked and there's a deadline. Right. But it definitely doesn't work to what they think it does. <clears throat> well, right. Right. And the second thing, mm-hmm. the why, why I didn't want to interrupt you, but I almost yeah. did. No, no, go ahead. You mentioned the Sabbat being violent, the mm-hmm. most violent. It's the Anarchs. Right. Because they have an Anarch now named Agatha, right? Mm-hmm. Now the Anarch guide who's a Diabolist, a wanton Diabolist, makes it fun. 
and she murders. She murders everywhere she goes. Yeah, she's a Baharist. Uh, you know, she's she's on the path of Lilith, and that that was it. We haven't even gotten into that. I know, shit I know, show. we haven't. But I'm sitting here going, all right. So the Anarchs are now ultra violent, right? You know, they can Anarchs can be whatever you want, but we're supposed to see the Sabbat. The only thing I've seen from the Sabbat is in the Cam Guide. Right. And that's when Victoria Ash says the Sabbat are scum, they're assholes, because she was captured right. during the fall of Atlanta and tormented. Yeah. Right? I believe Vicos by, is the one. By Vicos, yep. And that's what happened. Vicos left that snake eating a tail mark underneath her eyeball. I believe, I uh, could be wrong on this, but I be- wasn't she impregnated with a baby? That might have happened. I, 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 anyways, it's. It was a long time ago right. when I read we, that. We, so. we do not have the photographic memory. Terrible things happened to Victoria Ash. But. When that's all said and done, they had a counter to it. And that's like a couple pages later. It's a Sabat example and saying, you know, she said that we're winning. Right. We're not winning. We haven't won since we got over here. We came over here and died in droves. Why? They're Methuselahs. We go to open a tomb and we're a pack of three and we're all right. going to jump on Methuselah. And we learned what it was to like basically disturb the halls of power. Mm-hmm. And I said, bravo. Like I'm, I'm cheering in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, here's propaganda on one side. Here's the reality on the other. And it's the War of the Ancients. What are you being... Then, and then I'm reading, like, what's the beckoning? And then they did a shitty thing. They mentioned the call. Mm-hmm. Right? Which the... It, it's like they broke the fourth wall. Right. The call is a Malkavian power that calls a whole bunch of Malks all over, depending on how strong a right. force of will you are, to pulls them to a location. And then I thought about it. You did not. You did not read Dementation to get to the call and decide that's now a plot hook. <laughs> to suddenly lure everybody into the Middle East? Are you seriously going with that? Well, also, I have a big issue with the whole, like, su- like whole Sabat cities just picked up and went to the Middle East. Do you, like, uh, fucking getting the Sabat to do anything together is like herding kittens. It's- if the entire city of Chicago is still chilling, mm-hmm. I, I, I was running a Montreal game right. where the Sabat war cry, Ezekiel makes a war cry, typed it all out. Here we are, and these veteran packs fucking went to war. Right. They're going to the east, because I thought at this point the beckoning was an irresistible call. Right. Basically, they're resetting it. Right. And the young are taking over. Then we talked to, to, to Matt Dawkins, and he's right. like, well, it is yeah. a beckoning. Yeah. But, you know, you can fight it. Yeah, so you can resist the urge. And I'm like, okay, cool. And here's a Chicago by Night book coming. You're reading excerpts if you donate and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, okay, cool. Well, now I understand it better. So I run a session... I'm like, I let people know what's going on. They're like, cool. And I put Montreal back in order. Right. Right. Sure, they left. But people come back. And when I read that in the Camarilla book, wait a minute, you're beckoned over. <laughs> and then you're able to come back? Right. <laughs> like, why, why were you beckoned over? Right. Why it, would you go over there in the first place? It's like mom called you and she's like, um, we're going to need some cheese and right. we're going to need some milk. Can you go back and pick up some? And, and, and then bring your friends because we'll have enough to eat. And then we'll all be, sure, I'll go back and recruit and bring some more. Right. And, and it, the way that they're presenting it is very much like it's the front line, the war against the antediluvians. But like, it's just the front line and like you could leave. Like, you got a tour of duty and you get to go home afterwards. Right. And I'm like, but... That doesn't make any sense. Like, it. number one, it doesn't make any sense because of the story you've already written, and that's the second Inquisition. It doesn't right. make sense because how do you get hundreds and thousands of vampires, bloodthirsty, inhumane, sociopathic nightmares, to the Middle East? How the fuck do you do that? Now, that's private jets. Oh. Because oh. they explain that. Uh-huh. The upper 1% of the world, mm-hmm. their, their private jets are never checked. 
Oh. They're allowed to just go. They just they just come in and out. They don't have to check they, anything. They don't have they to just go through go. customs. Well, they go through customs when they land. Mm, yeah. But before that, they're just in a crate. Yeah. Whatever they want. Really depends on how much you make. Mm-hmm. I've never made that amount. You know, I, I flew for the first time this weekend. And, <laughs> um, you know, as a, as a non-vampire, you know, it was pretty interesting. But um, I feel like if I were just slightly not in control of my own emotions and my beast was more in control, it might be very difficult for me to do a lot of flying. I'm just saying. So, that's just confirmation bias. Is so what you're call just that. telling me they're well fed. I'm, I'm just telling you <laughs> that that when when the pressure of being in a metal tube thrown in defiance of the laws of nature across a continent happens. I heard it was in defiance of the laws of God, sir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. in defiance of God's law. <laughs> Nah, they they do a decent job at explaining how this happens. Mm-hmm. What it is is the Camarilla did not lose the control they had over the American government. They're just now at war right. with the agencies who I said American. That's all governments. They're just at war with the with the same government. Right, right. Because the, that government doesn't want the world to know vampires are real. Right. It's like a, vampires. It's like it's the Second Inquisition, but it's like Masquerade Part Two. It's right. like it, it's you know it's that convenient thing like. If we tell everybody, every there will be panic everywhere. Like, yeah, of course. I, the Second Inquisition is the one thing I enjoy about this. Right. right. This is the one takeaway that I have from this book. The Second Inquisition makes fucking sense. It's legit. It's good. I like that part. Some of the religious stuff, I kind of like. And again, this is the Cam book. We haven't even touched on the Anarch book yet. Um, so some of the stuff, the imagery I really like. I like how this book looks. Right. That's stuff that I like the stuff that's fucking trite garbage. That's like, you know, like the stuff we talked about at the beginning. You can, here's the thing that didn't even add anything. In my opinion, it didn't add a fucking thing to this book. It added no elements that I was like, oh, yeah, this would be good. If they had left that chapter out, I don't think it would have made a difference. Because, again, I'm going to state firmly. When you make a game book. There should be a purpose for you to bring it to the table, right? When you buy a source book, you want to be able to set it in front of your players and go, when you need this, that's the book that you need, right? For me, for sure. as a storyteller and as a player, any money I spend on a book, I want, I want there to be replay value in that, right? If you bought a video game for $60 and all it was was a long cinematic, you'd be pretty pissed you bought that game. You'd be amazingly pissed. <laughs> right. That's it. And that's what this book is. It's a long cinematic. But but that said. Right. Um, we're talking about the art's good. It's composed well. It gives great culture. It gives structure. It talks about, uh, it backs up the prestation system with something that I think it needed. And that was oaths, right? <laughs> so the, the oaths portion I thought was really cool. Uh-huh. And it gave credence to the fact that it seems Critias had a huge hand. And making up the oaths. And Critias is the fifth generation brewer right. of Chicago. Chilled of Damien, who's now the sheriff. Right? Sire, yeah. Chilled, sire, yeah. Sire, yeah. sorry, sorry. I don't know why I got that. Uh, but I think it's cool because it talks about when, when you can do an oath. Right. But when you join the camera, you now give an oath. And when you violate it, it's punishable by death. Right? This goes above and beyond. Because before you were in the Camarilla, you're not in the Camarilla, you're in the Camarilla. Again. Right, right. It, it was kind of like, you know, jerk me off and da-da-da. Now but, it's lockstep, right? And that's just an example. There's several of them that go through that uh, for varying reasons, right? When you want to get a chilled, right. you got to do an oath. The chilled has to do an oath. You know, all these things are cool. Uh, visiting a city, the prince can ask you to do an oath, right? Awesome stuff. And now Prestation's still there. 
Boons are still there. That still exists. Now it makes a lot more sense, right? Because it, it basically they gave it seriousness mm-hmm. that you yourself have to give it seriousness right. to. And anyone who's ever been in a fraternity or studied the you know the Greek life knows that that you got to do that. People got to own it in order to rock it. You know, otherwise yeah. it's just not going to hold. It up. It makes sense if it's a sect. There should be membership, right? Right. Um, and that's the one thing that I think is different between the Camarilla and the Anarchs. Then it's one thing that they really did establish with the Anarch book is that the Anarchs, there isn't any like centralized, every Anarch has a different idea of what it means to be an Anarch. The Camarilla though is an organization. And before it used to be, um, in your city, oh, you're acknowledged. Like, okay, it, there requires no further effort on my part or your part. Right. You know? And so I, I, I can get behind being required to pledge one's self to a sect. Cool thing, right? Then they added blood marriage. I, I do enjoy this quite a bit because it's uh it's a political ideal, right? They say that it comes from uh, the Torter Courts of Love. It's when, you know, back in the day when we were marrying a, a king to some foreign queen to unite and take over land mm-hmm. peacefully. Fantastic. But Victoria Ash is getting married to... Um, the Methuselah Asimite Vizier, right? Whose name I can't remember, shockingly, right now. Uh, no, I forget his name. But Tagirius, there it is. There it is. Tagirius. Thank you, sir. I, I honestly was like, I don't know who he's referring to. <laughs> she's she's getting married to Tagirius, mm-hmm. and this is so they could cement that tie, right? And uh, that's with the Ashira. It's an interesting idea. And here's why I like it: the blood marriage aspect is basically you get blood bound on one another. Mm-hmm. You willingly do it. But then it describes how fanatical, obsessive, and dangerous it is. Right. Because you'll be in it. You have one life. Right. Is basically what that comes. One immortality. To, one of you's got to go. If that's ever going to fall apart and work. And poor Victoria Ash, I kind of know who's going to go. Mm-hmm. If you're getting blood married to Methuselah and you're not one, you basically know how this relationship right. is going to work out. But regardless, they give an interesting sentiment that in the sect they do have a higher rituals for every nightlife. Right. Right. When that goes to and marriage is one of them. I hope that expands later. And why is marriage cool? Well, because this talks about the fact that the Cameroon has always had a religion and they go through an entire section where basically, and they could have summed it up. I know why mm-hmm. they didn't, but it summed up best at saying our religion has been whatever the mortals had. Mm-hmm. We got to blend in. That's the point of the right. sect. And they honestly jumped the shark though. When they get to, and let me get the name again. The Reformed Congregation of the Veneration of the Methuselah. Right. That's, we're back to it, but I just had to give the name to it so people can truly understand. You go from structure, awesome, princes, some cool new positions. Uh-huh. There's a shadow position, right? Cool. Sure. You, you got one in there. We got, we got that bouncing around. You define a herald better, and all the positions were defined better. And then suddenly, let's go to church. Right. And I said, hmm. Interesting. You even mentioned Longinus in this book. Well, that's interesting. That's another covenant from Requiem. <laughs> that's the Lankia Sanctum, right? <laughs> right. And right. it's like going, what? Hmm. Yeah. So here's the thing. When they say that the that the Camarilla has been whatever religion that the mortals have had, that that that's missing a very key component. That the vampires within the Camarilla may have practiced whatever religion was popular with the mortals, but the sect has always been secular. Right. And that's where we're, we're, there's the disconnect. And when you say, no, 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 the sect is not secular. It's a religious organization. Well, hold on. 
let me take this book and I'm going to go set it down over here and we're going to go get the Requiem book. I just bought the second edition Requiem book. I'm going to learn it. We're just going to play that instead because <laughs> that's, that's the religious thing. And, and that's cool. I don't have a problem with that. But the thing is, stop trying to piss on my head and tell me it's raining because that's not what's going on here. And we'll get to, to my, to my biggest gripe. This, this hit yes. me hard. Yes. My biggest gripe is the Banu Akim. Okay. Right. Number one, they call them, uh, what is it? Uh, Hakamites. They're the children of Hakim. Mm-hmm. Right. They're Hakamites. What is that? Is that a cereal? Yeah. Middle really. Eastern assassination cereal. Yeah. We're just going to yeah. eat our Hakamites and yeah. go out for the war. Uh-huh. I didn't understand what that was. And I'm like, okay, so we, we got that going on. And then uh, we're going to talk about the Ashira. And Yashira's word for the for the for the Asimites or the children of Hakim was the Banu Hakim. Uh huh. But that's not what the clan is called. So okay, they're not. So then they're not Camarilla. <laughs> right, right. So they're or, or they're or they're really the political middle ground that Camarilla uses to join the Ashira. Wait a second. Reading this section, it also says that they're called Banu Hakim now because they're basically the Justice League. <laughs> because they follow the four pillars of Islam. That's right. why they're there. And they're the good guys. They're here to judge other canines. Not in Camarilla territory, unless they're an authority to do so. But they will take an offender to a territory not Camarilla and kill the shit out of them. Because, they, hey, we're here to judge. We're here to defend the streets. We're here to look out for those mortals. Now, I want to rewind this back to Fatima al Fakati and what she did out in the middle of the desert. Right. Right? It's like, this doesn't sound like the same. Well, I get it, the Sabbat, and you're eliminating the Sabbat. But there's a way to be and not. How is this peaceful? I don't understand. And it's not that you have to be peaceful about it, but it's like, give me a methodology I could follow. You're a dangerous group that is a murder cult. Well, and here's the thing, too. If they they gave us this story, and then they went, this is what it really means. Here's how you play it. And that's my big gripe. Right. We, we tried to do something, um, what was the word that you used? We tried to do something that was very... Um, <laughs> ambitious? Yeah, ambitious, that's yeah. it, ambitious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We tried to do something very ambitious, right? Right? But the problem is, it doesn't, it, again, doesn't make a good game book. We tried to make a, uh, a book that was very ambitious. And I say we, I mean them. And I, I just feel like this was not the time to be ambitious. Here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. We're talking about bad taste. Mm-hmm. When they were the children of Hakim, they weren't responsible for any terrorist acts. Mm-hmm. Right? Wasn't there. Wasn't even hinted right, at. Right, right. Because we knew that was a red button. Right. When did it become okay to say that, by the way, the <laughs> Banu Hakim were responsible for the destruction of Vienna? Right? Uh-huh. So they, they painted in there. It's, it's in the two different books where they're giving them credit. Yeah. Regardless. Then it talks about the ministry. And... Because the timeline's the same. Right. Right? Right when the ministry was about to join at their conclave, yeah. someone decided to blow up an entire area. Did they talk about that in the CAM book? Yeah. Because I, I know they talk about it in the in the Anarch book. Am I getting it backwards? I don't, ministry, I don't, I don't I thought know. thought the ministry was in the CAM book. But at, at this point, these things have... So the ministry was trying to no, join... No, it's in the Anarch. Right. That's right. The ministry, and that's a whole other thing. You want to talk about names of fucking clans and shit that I'm like... So so now the followers of Set are called the Ministry, right? But why are they called the Ministry? I actually someone can, watches too much fucking professional wrestling. I can actually defend this on this regard. I'm going to defend it loosely. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. because they want to. They they change the direction. 
we know the followers of said were hard to play because it was difficult to understand that you're defying the the aeons, the eternals, which basically just means any law. Right. Any law to restrict you, to, to bind you morally, was to be cut and free you so you can be your your dark self, which is what anybody would be without obeying any morality. That was their point. Well, now they say it's the ministry. The ministry takes any religion and shows the side you should be on and opposing the other side. And then they let that person know deeper that as you're studying your religion, understand, for instance, that Lucifer is just set. Right. right? It's, it's the rebel. And you're defying against God's order to free you to be who you want to be. Yes. But let's shift gears. If it's not that, it's, it's, you, you study Wicca? That's great. But ignore the rule of three. Right. Because that's just something to restrict you from your true potential. And set wants you to be able to do what you want to do. See how that works? Mm-hmm. And that's it. And the ministry is supposed to be, that's who they are, the inner church. Right. That's going through and showcasing all that. And when I read it, I was like, going, okay, I get what you're trying to do. But where do you show me the real church is then? Well, and here's the other thing too. And this this is the one thing that I keep going back to. It's telling us people who already know. Yeah. We know what the followers of Set were. We know what they are now. There's no section in there that goes, all right, all story aside, all like in-character story aside, here's what the followers of Set were. Here's what they've become. Here's how you play that. There's none of that. And that's the thing. And I've seen other people talk about this online and I'm like, yeah, it really is like, what are you trying to sell? Are you trying to sell a product that's telling new players or players that don't have a lot of experience what's going on? Or are you just talking to us, the people that have been playing for 20 years? No, I got a theory, right? And I've had this for a long time and I think they threw the ministry in the Anarch book. So you mm-hmm. bought the Anarch book. Mm-hmm. So you see, so you couldn't say, I know Anarchs already. Right. But in reality, how are they going to rewrite of what round four? Right. Of what the Anarchs are. How are they going to do that for the Camarilla? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, they had to throw the Banu Hakim in there uh-huh. to make sure this chucklehead was going to get the book. Reality, we were going to get anyway. We're UML. That's just right. how we roll. But the, the fact is, is that once we got them, I was ho- my hope was there was such a difference that it kept cohesion and updated the material, which I feel any, everybody wanted. Right. And by update the material, we know the rules are going to be different. So let's see how those rules look to what, what you have going out. Right. And I fundamentally raged. I nerd raged when I when I got to the the ministry section mm-hmm. and it said, "Okay, Sir Penis is Protean." Right. Here's the one power, and the rest is you know. Right. Go for it. Animal form they take serpents right. usually. And we, and we we have we've had this conversation the same thing. Do you remember when V five came out and we were talking about thaumaturgy and quietus? Yes. And I was fucking having a shit fit, and I was like. And, and I can honestly say, we've had conversations on Discord about this stuff. I can see both sides. Mm-hmm. I can see why a consolidation would make sense because it's going to be easier for new players to understand. Totally get that. It's going to, you know, and it, what it's saying is it's all an offshoot of this main branch. It's, it's all about consolidation. But, but, mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was going to say was that why they did that. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I know they did, why they made Quietus kind of everybody, Serpentus kind of everybody, is because storytellers now tell you no. Right. You can't play that clan because they get a super special discipline, and I don't want everybody to have that discipline. <laughs> right, That's right, exactly right. the reason. Right. It's, right. it's, it's so everybody can play the, the wacky <laughs> shit. And... So we'll nerf it. Right. And we'll make it edgy enough, just enough, to where you could still kind of sort of pull that off. Because we want you to play the culture and what we designed those clans to be. But... 
we have to tweak them to not be so hardcore mm-hmm. so that everybody gets them easily and everybody can play them and thus everybody is happy. Right. And that is the number one mistake, right? I want you I want you to be your own your own special clan with your own special antediluvian name, but I want you to have the same powers everybody else does. What is the fucking point? There's is there is no point. Right. And and folks are gonna think, well, why do I gotta have a mechanic to make me special? You don't need the mechanic. Right. You at least need the material to read that you can do some shit nobody else has seen before to to warrant you going, I will be my own blood god. Right. Now I, I wanna tell you as I'm reading through these books, what thoughts are going through my head. What thoughts are going through my head, um, especially after our conversation with Matt Dawkins, and he said something to me that really stuck out. We're not going to have Giovanni in that book because we don't know how the Giovanni discipline works. And to me, what really pisses me off and why I'm really disappointed in the name White Wolf at this moment, it's not even necessarily because of all the shit we've already talked about. That shit bothers me. That shit pisses me off. What bothers me the most is that they didn't fully realize the world that they were updating before they started writing books. They don't know how things in their world work and they're putting out material going, Oh, this is how this works now. Why are we getting a little somber in a Chicago book? Well, it's great to say, well, because there's a story reason that's awesome, but there should be a fucking book, right? I shouldn't get an Anarch book that has two clans in it. And basically it's like, Oh, well it's protean, right? To me, that's like you had, you, the fact that you called it the ministry, to me, that's like the most half-assed name you could have ever put to the followers of Set, right? But then they didn't even go all in. They were like, oh, the followers of Set, there was this thing, and that's why now they're here and why they're called the ministry. But, like, it's not all the followers of Set. Okay, so where are they? <laughs> what book are they in? What supplement do I have? And then, you know, when all this shit is culminating, and we're, we're hearing this, like, oh, this was kind of the plan all along. Like, White Wolf would put out a couple of books and then they'd license them to everybody. Frankly, why did you bother? And that's it in a nutshell, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you truly didn't <clears throat> want to do it, why do it? Okay, there was demand for it. Right. If you're going to do something, do it well. Right. Right, because that's who you represent. That's, that's just how it is. You have a brand. Now, right. do I think they represented their brand? I think they made a good, bold, ambitious moved to do so with what they what they had going on and and in doing it i was like cool saw the base v5 book very hopeful yeah now we're seeing well we're seeing one thing i have a dread it's in my gut that they're gonna rip apart the sabbat yeah it's it's a dread and it's and it's because i can't see is it because you saw a scene where fatima alfakati went whole hog on a on a camp of sabbat as if they were extras in an action movie? As if she was a superhero. Right. That's the part that pisses me off. Right. Above anything else, I keep replaying that in my head because I know the Sabbat. Right. And I know the damage I can do with a neonate that believes he's going to die anyway. Right. But it's in service to Cain. And it's because his humanity is so stripped away. They've done so much damage to his mind yep. that he's leaving a carnal house wherever he goes, believing the pursuit of one thing. Now, that's not a soldier. I'm thinking of like an ice cream scoop vendor who they picked up off the street in this right that embraced and threw him in the ground. And he's going to come out and figure it out. There's a level of insanity there, a beast that's there yeah. that makes that work. Fatima Alfakati has always known that her job was to put down people just like that. That's what it is. And she was taught by Thetmus. 
Mm-hmm. And Thetmus is the right hand of Hakim as far as anyone's concerned because he's training all the Web of Knives fanatical warriors out at Alamut. He is the fear the right. world has for that sect. Well, I don't know about you. Any master of any killing anything tells you it's a waste of time. No one's dancing around yelling kya and doing a Hadouken <laughs> flips to kill someone when a knife and a head, off, head chop off works. Right. Right? Now, she kind of does that. But at the end of the day, the pomp and circumstance and the setup, they made Fatima Al-Fakati a whore, is what they did. And it's the worst thing they could have done, and I'll say it. it please don't cut that out, because that, that's what they did. And to me, she was this, this, this quiet, strong, um, Islamic, Muslim woman who defied the misogynistic nature of a clan to prove that women are just mm-hmm. as deadly. And she's the deadliest next to her sire. And to treat her like that, and then throw her under a bus, at least give her the belt. I don't. I don't. To prove uh, her supremacy. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I. I will say matter of factly that I feel that for as as well as the tone of the Bekis Jihad diary captured her, this does the exact opposite. Correct. And I feel like this this has changed the Camarilla in such a way that. It's unrecognizable as the sect that it was previously. And I feel like all of this upheaval really amounts to not really understanding uh, on a whole the game. What I got, the impression I got, and perhaps this is because I, too, am very enthusiastic about the Sabbat, is that someone in charge, someone in charge of planning and plotting out this material, did not like the Sabbat. Maybe right. they liked a couple of key elements. Maybe they liked the religious aspects of it. Maybe they liked the the Baharist, the Lilith fringe stuff. And that's what they kept. And the rest, they were like... And and then I will, uh, I will roll it into this. I've always hated the stereotype that the Venture and La Sombra are the same thing. Mm-hmm. Watch them prove me right. <laughs> right? Well... They're not, they're, they're not the same thing. They were distinctly different. Yeah. No, you're, they're, you're absolutely right. But you're on the cuffs to sit now there. That's why they're in the same sack now. Right, right. Well, I don't, you know what? Here's the thing. I want to I want to avoid casting any aspersions on Chicago by night for two reasons. One, because everything I've seen so far, I, I seems enjoyable. And two, it's a different company. That's the thing. White Wolf as a company has spent most of the last couple of years like apologizing. And Onyx Path, to me, has at least a proven track record of making quality material that, like, fits within the world. You know, I read it, I pick up, you know, Children of the Revolution, and I'm like, oh, this is a Vampire of the Masquerade book. There's nothing about this where I'm like... Let me redeem a sense of hope, then. Mm-hmm. So, I've heard a term, and a term is called Oblivion. Mm-hmm. A lot better than Obtenebration. Right? Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what it's called now. Yeah, it's I, called Oblivion. Now I'm only stating right. this because I am. That is my number one clan favorite. Right, is La Sombra. and I get political maneuvering, and I see that, and they got my trust for that so far because I need to see what that is. But to me, that can be awesome. Well, and and here's the thing: Could be bad. F- fundamentally, when when I read this this cam book, there's certain elements I'm going to include in my games, and there's certain elements I'm just not going to include. Um. And at this moment, like, I want to play V5, but I don't know that I want to play V5 with these books because they don't add anything to my table. Now, for, for running the V5 games and including the material, I could tell you that the camera fits very nice. 
that book is awesome. It's going to fit very nice for a V5 game because it's a super secret cult sect. Right. And tons of things you can get into that the majority of people have no idea about. Right. So when they play V5, it's going to be something new. And, oh, my God, the camera, I didn't know they were like that. Okay, cool. That's going to be something even a veteran can right. get into a little right. bit. The only part where it jumps the shark, and I... I, I got to say it is when we got to do the venerations to the Methuselah. Right. When I was reading that, I'm going to clean that up if mm-hmm. I do that at all. Right. Right. Because having the church in there, because Solomon Birch is a better product. Can I just say it? Yeah. No, you absolutely can. It's my favorite guy in all of Requiem is Solomon Birch. And he's, he's a better link here, Saint than anybody you're going to create. Right. No, it's, and you know, the Invictus is better than any venture Prince. It's just, I mean, that's, that's the truth of the matter, but you know, that's why I say that's, that, that's, that's an opinion, but regardless, like, I just feel like let Requiem be Requiem and let old world of darkness be old world of darkness. Let the Camarilla be the Camarilla. Don't make them out to be something else. But it's just, anyways, let's move on to the Anarch book, shall we? <laughs> I want to hear your opinions. I basically already stated my opinions about the Anarch book. Um, so, I think the Anarch book is a steaming hot pile of garbage. So the Anarch book itself, um, the tough call on it is that to me, when I read the Camarilla book, that's where all the structure was, and I was happy with it. Mm-hmm. When I was going through the Anarch book, I was saying to myself, well, this is neat, because they're not organized anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? I got to say that. Right. I think that might have been the goal. Sure. We're not, yeah. we're not writing to tell you how to play an Anarch. We're mm-hmm. going to write, you got a collection of stories about Anarchs in the movement. Right. All right. Um, but let's do the voices for Salvador Garcia. Salvador Garcia did not seem to be the fanatic he was that wrote the Anarch Manifesto. Well, and that's the other thing, too, like... Using a character like Salvador Garcia, the way that they wrote him in the revised edition, he was a fucking turncoat. Right. So it's like, was that the right voice? Was Is this the right voice? Because that didn't happen. You know, that's been retconned. He didn't turn his back. And so the Anarch Free States still stand. They still exist. He's still Salvador. Right. And to me, he'd be a fiery guy. Right. Kind of got some pep to him. Right. This one's like he's been narked. Yeah. And he's just walking around high as hell, just being being what he is. Then I'm reading an excerpt from Jeremy McNeil, and I'm like, okay. That dude's over 500 years old. Right. He still thinks he's a neonate? Right. <laughs> it right? doesn't he's, make any sense. You're getting bubblegum at the bubblegum shot for Katie? And, 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 and also, like, so the other thing, we're, we're going down that road, and maybe this is, you know, in your notes, but they start talking about Tyler like she's some legend. And I'm right. like, she she's a primogen in Chicago. She controls an airport. What the fuck are you on? And I'm right there with you. You know, the, the girl, the lady talking about him, it's kind of cool to hear mm-hmm. how she said it, right? Right. Tyler walked into a bar that she was in. This sheriff crushed some kid's head thinking he was king shit. She grabbed a pool cue and staked him like she'd done it a thousand times before. And she was like, oh, man, was that impressive? Like, that's badass. Mm-hmm. I get that. That's pretty cool. That matches my idea of Tyler doing it. Like, you didn't have to be an asshole, but you were. And right. I defy that. Cool. We're moving on. But then to go on and say... I don't expect you to believe me, though. It's not like Kane walked in and stayed. <laughs> right, right. You know, like it's, oh, you saw Tyler? Where were you? Like, Indiana? Right. <laughs> right. Let's see. Like, down down at, like, Otto's uh, on Cass Ave or what? Like, what? And, and Jerry McNeil is one of those things that, uh, why, why it irked me. Because when I read the beginning of the book, they had me on this one notion. That any Anarch, it's designed to run an Anarch game. Any Anarch game should not have the focus be on Metaplot at all. It shouldn't be on Canon. Because what your Anarchs do, your players are going to do, is the night-to-night life of being a vampire that you don't get in Camarilla politics, right? Right. You may a little bit when feeding, 
But an anarchist's got to get a job at a pizza stand. They got to pay the rent. Right. You know, they got to they got to figure this out. And when you start thinking of it that way, I start cracking up because there's people who have difficulty feeding. Mm-hmm. Let alone they got to go stand somewhere for eight hours and sell cars. Because because that's the lifestyle they have. And how do you do that when, oh, yeah, I promised I was going to give you the the Lamborghini they have in the showcase. I got to figure out how to get this out of my. That could be an adventure. Mm-hmm. As you sneak it out to go help someone and whatever. And that's him churning favors. All right. But that's only for his gang. Right. Right. And then like the next burb over. And so as I'm going through it, I'm like, okay, I get that focus. I get that's what you're saying. And so I start thinking of movies. Everybody relates to them. So basically you can look at the Lost Boys as an anarchy story right open and shut and that's what it was and all right that was that was that story moving on right you know 30 days of night the brutal anarchs i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> or the sabbat I right know, who yeah. knows that's yeah. over and out and you move on i'm like all right but there's got to be some solidarity here that makes me go why the fuck would i play an anarch right right they're called the unbound there's that and i get that so basically you're saying anybody who was embraced that doesn't follow anything they're just a vampire is an anarch right and I'm like, that's wrong. Well, and, and you know, they kind of like give it like the, they, they tell the story of like, there's the unbound and then there's just like, there, there's movement anarchs and then there's like none, you know, and it's just like, it goes back to that ambition of making a game book with no fucking stats in it, with no game material. And that's the thing, like these books, I'm reading the anarch book and I enjoy what I'm reading. I have to emphasize that I enjoyed what I was reading because I was like, yeah, this is really like this good vampire. And, and again, I'm, I'm going back to what is the purpose of me doing a podcast? It's to talk about what is the point of having this book at the table? And and 100 percent, I couldn't find a reason that you would buy this book and you'd set it at your table and you would need it for your game. Right. And. You know, again, when I mentioned at the beginning, when I went in over 160 pages and then finally they like broke protocol and they talked about what the hell was it that it was like 160 pages in. I don't have the book in front of me, but like they're like, for more information about such and such, see the V5 book. And I'm like, so you you waited this long (laughs) to break character just to tell me to go look in another fucking book here. Well, here's what baked my, my noodle a bit. Uh, Cause I'm gonna agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, the other factor was, is that they don't even have the anarch councils. They were talking about that were forming. Mm-hmm. You remember that from mm-hmm. the excerpt previews about fee five for the fee five book was even out. It talked about this anarch council in Berlin. Right. That formed and they pulled the, remember that little module we covered? Yeah. Right. They pulled the, uh, the groups of players, you know, from the rubble, and they're seeing what goes on. And if you were against the Anarch Council, you were being brought before them for judgment. And every person in the Anarch Council seemed to be an individual, different personality. Right. And that's why they didn't get along. And I was like, okay, so th- that's like a war band. We're going to get some insight into, like, why? How, what does it mean to gear up? Right. Then you get this book. Why don't you show me, mention anywhere in that book about the Grand Anarch Councils that get formed and how to do it. Well, and and there isn't. It's it's not it's not there. Um so, yeah, I mean... And what's the benefit? Hey, Bob, form your own NR council. You can make the rules for it. Yeah, that's sure. And I can also make my own vampire game. <laughs> but I paid money for you to do it. You know what right. I mean? That's... You could write your own book and put it on Storyteller's Vault. It's no big deal. <laughs> like, you could do that. Or you could read 100 pages of in-character dialogue. 
about, and you know, I'm going through it and I'm like, at the beginning, I'm reading these paragraphs and like every paragraph has like a different perspective. Right. And it's like, it's meant to tell you like, no two anarchs have the same concept or the same ideas. But I emphasize this again. You didn't develop a fucking game book. Right. And that is, that is what. What you're looking for is anthology. Right. It's an anarch anthology is what it is. Absolutely. Less than it being and an I think, I think that the cam, guide. I think that the cam guide is the same thing. And honestly, the, I feel like they could have t- taken both of these and we'll go all the way back and we'll grab one of those books that's got all this fiction in it, like the book of the kindred. And we slap a $20 price tag on it. Instead, I don't, I don't know. I don't, what are they? 50 a piece? These books? Uh, the PDF is like 20. Yeah. So, so I, I think it's 20 or 25 bucks. I don't have the prices in front of me, but for a PDF book, or for those of you who spent $150, $300, whatever on these packages, I got some bad fucking news for you. And it's, and, he, and here's the thing. This is our opinion. Right. For some of you, and it, please, if you do have a counter opinion, I, I know one person who was super hyper to say that, hey man, it's, it's, a, va- it's a new world. Look at all the cool stuff in. And I said, eh, eh, you're a Requiem guy. Right. You're a Requiem guy. If you're a Requiem guy, they just made the classic world of darkness digestible. Right. To the Chronicles of Darkness because there's a lot of similarity written for you to enjoy. Right. And that's and that's the twist. But if you were looking Right. I, I have to I have to present this my opinion and my opinion as uh you know, we I feel like we've presented ourselves as people who are not necessarily commentators on White Wolf or commentators on companies. We we are reviewers of books. We've done this for two years now. We've gone through almost every book that Vampire the Masquerade has, has put out. And we've talked about the the good and the bad, right? We've taken giant steaming shits on the True Handbook. We've taken giant steaming shits on Berlin by Night. But we've presented what is good and what is bad about those books. And what is good about all of those books is the one unifying thing that they're presented as in-game material and they have reuse value. Right. The city books you can use as a reference guide. You can you can play the stories in them. You can go, oh, there's a merit and there's a flaw in there. Uh, oh, there's material here. Even some of the, the books like, um, uh, I think, like Midnight Siege um, or Archons and Templars. One of them, like, went really deep without any, like... The Gilded Cage. Yeah, right. The, like, but even those, they went, you know what? Let's put some material in here. But even those, even the Gilded Cage was teaching you about a very important part of playing the game, which and, which was using influence. And right? that's the difference, right? The difference is we were teaching how to use influence of the Gilded Cage. Midnight Siege was how the Camarilla uses influence to right. wage war, how the Sabbat uses influence to wage war. Those are teaching. Right. These books were written like, let's teach you about it, but no, we're not. It's right. just an anthology, really, to get you involved. And I hate you. Right. Because originally I sat here and went, I got pros and cons. And then I'm listening. I'm going, no, I feel what you just said. Right. My, I, that's I, actually very <laughs> truthful on that end. That's. But but that the thing is, for me, the pros are that I enjoyed the writing. For the most part, with the exception of some shit we talked about at the beginning, I enjoyed the writing. Right. I enjoyed reading them. The thing is, I felt ripped off. I did not feel like I bought gaming books. And, and you know, if if you want to play V5, 
is the cam guide and the anarch guide imperative to you running the game? And the answer is no, it's not. And that's, that's, that's it. Basically. I just, uh, I don't know if anybody else did this, but I was excited to run V5, jumped and started running V5 at the base book and thought I had an idea from the guidance that was given of what the world of darkness had changed to, right? London got wiped out. Mm-hmm. They went street to street. Wow. If they, if they did that there, you know, Chicago had a certain element of being uh, an unknown. Right. Right. There's some changes there, but it's the strongest city. It's okay. They didn't up and fall. But they don't mention Montreal, nothing like that. We don't really know what it is. So we'll just kind of play it fair. But then I ran a series of games just to test out the rules and see how, how the material fit with it. Right. And for the most part, it was fine. But I made a quite different portrayal than what was in the cam book and the anarch book right and when i did that i was like going man i don't know how i could have got that far off the mark and it dawned on me because i took the, the beckoning right to be the end all be all factor of how it's going to affect these areas and i used the beckoning as a guaranteed pull so what i gotta say is is that for these books it's good to read to not make that mistake to understand it's not what they did right and when you read it to see what the gehenna war is that's 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 a good thing uh to see how uh how the Ashira fit in um, to understand that the second inquisition is an awesome entity. Right. But like the gentleman gamer did a podcast about the second inquisition where he explains it very candidly as to what they are and what they are not. This book gives you even more detail than that. In fact, I think too much detail because I was getting sick of reading it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but, well, and that was the other thing too. I forgot to mention I'm reading that. And like you, I'm like, okay, like this is a lot of information. And I'm like, wait a minute, how the fuck is this in the cam guide? Right. Because everything is written in character, which means that there's somebody, there's a vampire, there's a kindred who has all this information. How it doesn't make sense. Well, what they say in there, and I read between the lines with it too, and I got this, is that the re- they play the bureaucracy game. Mm-hmm. These, inquis- these, excuse me, it's inquisition. Yeah, well, it is the second inquisition. These secret government organizations thought they owned secrecy. Mm-hmm. And they come to find out that they're controlled. Mm-hmm. Some of the top members were controlled. And it took the Vatican to start helping anti-brainwash them and get them in, remove kindred influence, and then now they're playing the game. But they learned how dangerous the Camarilla is, or vampires are as a whole. So how did they do it? How do you oppose a government agency? Bureaucracy. Right. If someone's called the Interpol, and Interpol's breathing down your neck, you defund Interpol. Right. You defund them. They're not needed. You just grab a different organization, we'll create. Look, does the same thing, and it's cheaper. And here's the hidden billions you can do it with. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you're reading it and you're like going, that's evil. The right. camera just starts playing pool with the planets with these people. Why? They're immortal. Their resources are so vast. you know. But that's why this, these organizations said, our goal is not to simply kill them. We have to find them, take what they have, those pockets of wealth, and use it against them. It's the only way we're going to do it and maintain secrecy. Right. And they highlight that in the book. But like you said... Why is it in here? Oh, it's in there because the Camarilla is winning. I'm going to be challenged on that. But I'm going to tell you right now, it is. Right? And and this is why. They're calmly going about their business. The, the Inquisition's not kicking in their door every five minutes killing people. Right. What it is is the Camarilla is getting rid of those enemies, just like the Elders did with the Inquisition back in the day. When it very much seems like the Second Inquisition and the Camarilla are kind of embroiled in like almost a cold war like a maybe a maybe a warm war yeah aside from the fact that like um vienna and some other places were like tack nuked essentially right um i feel like truthfully 
it's kind of like not, you know, it's not like, oh, you're, you, you, let me tell you what I feel when I read this stuff. And, and I've, I think I may have mentioned this before. I don't know if I ever mentioned it on a podcast, but I may have. Reading through these books and reading the changes that they made and knowing about what White Wolf was doing before White Wolf was sort of like abolished. This to me reads very much like they were trying to make a video game. And they had all of these resources and all of this material written. And that's why disciplines and things like that haven't really been like they're not all filled out because you're not writing a discipline for a video game, right? You're creating an effect, a visual effect. But what you are writing is plot for a video game where like if you break the masquerade on the street, you're a blank body. The second inquisition comes, right? It's like, it's like when we played the matrix online, if you went into an area you weren't supposed to be in the agents came and they chased you down and they killed you. Right? So if you're a, you're a, a video game character and you're out in the world of darkness in the city streets and you break the masquerade, they're going to be able to find you because you're a blank body, right? Because you don't show (laughs) up. And so the second inquisition is like this enemy, this like enemy that they can spring on you at any time. So to me, this very much reads like the evolution towards a video game. And I feel like in a video game, all of it would have worked very well, but I feel like a lot of it is lost because you're trying to reconvert. You're like back converting right. to a tabletop game. And that's just how it reads to me. That's how a lot of this stuff plays out to me. And I think that's also why a lot of the the important game elements that you would need in a tabletop book are not there because they didn't write them. They wrote this material for a video game and they didn't write it for a tabletop game. And here's the thing, that insight, I'm not 100% on it, because right. I, I feel that with a video game, there's a, I didn't have that viewpoint, that's why I'm not 100%, right. I want to say first and foremost, can I see it? Yes. I could definitely see it. Especially with this one knowledgeable fact, the mechanics don't go above five. Right. Right? They don't. Right. Why would you do that? How did you take a system that worked and and update it to something that doesn't? And the assumption always was, well, it's not going to be in the base book. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Right? Because we want you to play the young. Right. The youth is what we're focused on. Okay. Right. And that, that was kind of like how, that was the bill of goods we were sold. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, you know, because the elders are gone. Right. It's, they're, they're beckoned. Right. All right. Except we learned they're not. Right. And so because they're not, then why don't you have them in any other supplement? Right. And the fact is, <clears> is that we learned that they're not going to be in any other supplement because we don't want to go above five. Right. You know, in fact, we're going to take people and, and the max they're going to have is five. We're going to make it more realistic because we feel those guys are unreal. I got bad news for you. <laughs> right? Real bad news. The reason any player, any storyteller enjoyed going to read about a level six power or a level seven power and being able to turn it into a chronicle. Right. If someone used this, oh man. And then, you know, they had an idea to do it. We still can. That's the good news. Right. We still can. But why would you compartmentalize it? And it, it bothers me because it's like, oh, but if you did a video game. Right. That that's that's why. It right. makes it's easier. Just Absolutely. If if you're taking resources that you had from a video game that you spent five years or whatever, um, you know, however many years having your people work on and, and figure out, and then suddenly that game and those resources you get shut down, but 
White Wolf is bought by Paradox. And with White Wolf, all of that material that people had been working on that was just going to go to waste is now sitting on a shelf. Well, let's just take this and put it out as a book. And then when they're like, hey, um, oh, by the way, I feel like we're we're venturing into the speculatory area because you, you've all asked us to comment. Right. So this is what you're going to get. This is my opinion. I don't know any of this. This is me just waxing poetic, you know, just digging for gold. But to me, what I see is you have all these resources and all this material that Paradox paid for. And they were like, hey, let's make White Wolf a company again, right? Because people will want to buy stuff made by a company called White Wolf. And what they did was they had a bunch of people who didn't have the experience of like, say, Onyx Path and the people there. Or maybe they did, but it wasn't as much. And they went, let's take all of these resources we paid millions of dollars for and let's try to put them to use. And they did. And that what they've presented here is an incomplete picture. They've updated a system without fully realizing the world and the, the, the game mechanics that are involved in that. When you go, hey, I know you have, you know, 300 fucking books that have more than a level five power on these NPC characters that you've been running in your games for years. Well, now they're just gone. We're, we're just going to completely retcon them, but we're going to give you a system that does less than the system that we had before that was like a little overweight, but worked. Well, now here's a system that doesn't work and we're going to like retcon it into like other things. To me, that's like, it's smacking of them just going, well, we had a video game we were making and mm, here it is. It's a tabletop book. We're going to fill it with photographs and... What, what kind of revealed this to me, and again, I don't know if this is true, but what revealed this to me was watching the World of Darkness documentary and seeing all the people that they had that were like consulting and that had credits that got paid to make material and seeing like the fashion shots. Right. Those are straight out of a video game. Like those are fashion shots for a video game. Those are so that the, you know, the line editors, the designers, whatever, go, okay, this is like a consistent thing. And seeing more of them in the Anarch book, I'm like, these are, these were all done at the same time. This is, these are not the same pictures, but this is all recycled material. And, you know, that, that to me was like, okay, these are people that got paid and they expect to see their material used somewhere. Well, here it is. So... You know, and again, I don't know that any of that's true. It's totally speculation, but they don't fucking pay my bills. And that's what I, <laughs> that's what I, w- I really want to emphasize. Like people come to us asking us, like, we don't know more than you do. We have no insider information because they don't pay our bills. Like, I don't want to speak for you, but I don't give a shit about White Wolf. Like, I give a shit about Vampire the Masquerade, the game. And at this point, based on what I've seen and our experiences as a podcast... I have a little bit more faith in Onyx Path and what they've put out and what they're potentially going to put out than what I'm seeing here. I have a lot more faith in Onyx Path because uh, I'm one of the ignorant people who thought White Wolf's like had a subsidiary. The new publishing company was Onyx Path, right? right. That was right. me for a long time. And then when it got separated, I was like, I feel sheepish. Right. You know, and I was like going, well, man, apparently this whole time I've been loving Onyx Path. Right. Well, good. That That's where I'm at. And that's, that's what it is. And why? Well, if you... I, honestly, if, if I won't, I won't go any farther than that. I feel being negative is not the way. Uh, but I will say this: I don't know what challenges the company faces. I don't need to know. 
because I'm a person who invested in their IP, and that's World of Darkness. Right. You know, no matter if it's Chronicles of Darkness or what have you, I like vampires, I like werewolves, I like mages, I want to play these guys, <laughs> right. I want to have fun with it. And I expect the material, not only that I review, I own. Right? If you discount everything I had since the beginning and tell me that it all has to be updated and I should just burn the old, you're not doing service to your right. fans. Right. And that's, that's kind of what I feel like. I, and that's the one thing that I want to address, too. Uh, say what you want about V5, like it, love it, hate it, whatever. Every other version before this one, I was able to go, oh, this is an update to the old version. I can still use these books. Like I could still go into a first edition book. And if I wanted to use an ability from there, I don't need to do quantum physics to get that ability in. If I want to continue to use a discipline, I don't need to fucking like, you know, I don't need a conversion book. To go to a new version of the game. Right. I need a conversion book to go from Requiem to to V20. But that was okay. Because Requiem was completely different. A different game. Right. But now, like, the system is so different, you can't be lower than a certain generation. It doesn't make any sense. Right? That where's the precedent for that? Your disciplines are completely different. How how they're used, how they're ran is completely different. Your attributes are different, your abilities are different, everything's different. And it's not that new is bad. No. We all play tested it. We went through it and we raved. We were like, right. this is awesome. Yeah, it was fun. Potential, potential, potential. The only hiccup is that when you continually see, and this is where we're coming from, folks. It's one thing to get a preview of something. And, well, let's see what the original is. Let's, mm-hmm. let's hold out. You hold out. You get the actual material. And as you're reading it, you're like, man, this is just fun. This is not good. Right. 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 And that's what we're saying. Can it be fixed? They may fix it. Maybe down the road, someone's going to grab it and go, okay, cool. Here's the ministry clan book. Right. You know, here's here's this clan book for the Banu Hakim well, and yeah. whatever. And, and maybe they're still going to do that. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But we're not about predicting what product they're going to do. We're about going, here's what's out. Right. I, I think fundamentally, for those, for those people that asked us, like, comment on the White Wolf thing. Um, I think the fact of the matter is White Wolf as a, as a term is nothing more than a property holder, right? They they own the property. And this game, regardless of who's making material for it, it's not, you, you're not going to have, a, you don't have to do anything with the books on your shelf. Right. You Your loyalty should be to the material that's here. And your loyalty should be to what you like. And if there are people that are developing material for it, be it Onyx Path, be it some other licensee, and you like what's being produced... You should consume that. I, you know, I'm still buying V20 books. I'm right. still running a V20 game. And I'm going to take what material I find in the Chicago book, and I'm going to introduce that to my game. But will I be, you know, introducing the cam stuff to it? Maybe not. Um, I'm, I'm eager to see what happens. I want to wait and see. And, you know, maybe what will happen here, keeping it on a positive note, Maybe what will happen here is Paradox will go, okay, there was a misstep. And we see that maybe the community is not so happy about it. Let's adjust. Let's pivot. Let's, you know, try something different. But at the end of the night, you don't have to use any material you don't want. You don't have to buy any book you don't like. And frankly, I like the V5 book. I like the game as it was presented. Do I wish they were going to do something more? Yes. Am I confident we're going to see that? No. Is it a different game? Kind of it is. Kind of it's not. Kind of it is. It's whatever you want it to be. So 
That that's my opinion. And mainly because I don't know who the hell Rudy is. <laughs> what do you mean, Rudy the Gangrel? Out of nowhere, we didn't talk about it at all. I'm gonna point this out. They made Gangrel badasses, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they're basically roving packs of not Sabat Sabat. Uh huh. And when you're a roving pack of not Sabat Sabat, you get to sink into the ground. You get to howl at the moon. You get to chase people off turf. You get to be in packs and kind of have a doggy dog mentality. And you got a guy named Rudy who's going to come out of nowhere and galvanize what you do because he's the alpha gangrel. Okay. I think that's important to know. That's the other thing, too. And if you wanted me to play werewolf, I don't know that. I I mean, this is what I feel. I feel that it's like the gangrel uh are for werewolf players. Yeah. I've I've always felt that. I've never felt that. I've never felt that. Not once did I ever feel that that's what it was and why. I did it again. Right when I heard Tannenberg, I'm like, where am I getting this odd feeling from? Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, there he is, changing into a giant man bat. Uh-huh. He changed into a werewolf. He, the, the children of the night. And he can howl with them and do a... That was all badass shit. And they're right. like... Sorry for Well, bringing. he's his amiss. So all that cool protean shit he does, we yeah. gave that to another clan, yeah. and they're just animals. Well, you know they'll they'll make all the fucking vicissitude. That'll just be protean too. So you'll you'll be able to it, it'll come full <laughs> One circle. One power vicissitude, yeah. malleable visage. Right. Now everybody can do it. Yeah, it'll it'll, it'll dial it all the way back. Um, yeah. So is my opinion of V five changed because of reading these books? No. We made a we did a review of V five. I enjoyed it. I liked it. I still like it. I right. still want to play it. Um, my opinion of the Camarilla book and the, the Anarch book are not a reflection on that game. They're a reflection on that material. As a player, a long-term player, I enjoy the books. As a podcaster and storyteller, I do not. And I have to make that distinction. I think that, again, they tried something very ambitious. And me, as the long-term 20-plus-year player of this game, I like ambition. I like a little self-indulgence, and that's what we got. But I want new people to play. I don't want to alienate people who've never played this game. And I honestly don't think that that the important people who are developing this material want to alienate people either. I think that there were some dumb moves by some lackadaisical writers, and maybe there's some shitty writing in these books. And I think that that comes at a cost of alienating a lot of people, and that's what they've done. And I think that they should have been less ambitious and made game books so people would come and play the game. That's it. I think that's all need to be said. Um, I will tell you from from running games, storytelling V5, um, it's a joy, but I'm really only using the base bug. And knowing about the Camarilla and, and the Anarchs and even the Sabbat of old, I'm still using the old material, and it's very successful. Right. And uh, the, the camp stuff, yeah, we'll see. I haven't fully implemented it. I really don't know. But from what I've read, uh, there's there's a level of dread because there's a lot of arguments I'm having before even implementing it uh, with, with veterans and new people. Right. Who are like new people. When I listen to your podcast, I went and got these V20 books. What the hell happened with the V5 cam book? <laughs> right. and, and I'm like, son of a bitch, I didn't write either. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, that's the important thing, too, is like we don't we don't write the books. We don't work for White Wolf. We don't get paid by these companies. We're just here to review them. We had no part in it. We're we're trying to figure it the fuck out like you are. Right. We're, we're basically the voice of you in a way. Right. Letting you know, here's a heads up. You might want right. to wait for discount day. 
and the cutout bin for the cam in the in the anarch book i mean personally i have to just like lay it flat out like these are not books i'm gonna buy nathan will not be buying the cam in the anarch books even when they're updated to not have crazy shit in them and what's to say is uh he likes the physical copies yeah. He's settling for the PDF. Right. That's, that's what, that's what that I'm saying. I will not be buying these physical books. Um, money's already been spent on the PDFs. What are you going to do? We have to review them. That And that was the other thing, too, that kind of struck me as odd. We had, like, conversations with White Wolf. We, you know, we had the privilege of getting an advanced copy of V5 to read so we could review. These just were out. You know why? Because they read them. <laughs> <laughs> that's how i feel right. they were like going oh right. we really like the v5 book cam book mm-hmm. but oh what are the oh don't give it no uh-huh. just make oh. it available hey guys they're they're out oh shit yeah we so see we we uh, at the beginning we kind of alluded to this but we we kind of got screwed in the deal because we had a schedule right right we we, we schedule things we have a calendar we go we're gonna we're gonna review hunters hunted too and then Bob's like, hey, um, you know, the cam and the Anarch book just came out. And I'm like, in my head, I'm going, well, we'll just wait for the tabletop, like for the actual paper copies to be out. That'll be fine. Nobody will read these yet. Right. No. <laughs> right. Right. Like immediately people were like, when are you reviewing them? When are you doing the when are you doing the podcast? What are you doing the podcast? And unfortunately, we weren't able to do it in a timely fashion because we didn't get advance notice. People were asking us for the first week before we went on vacation, like, what do you think about this? I'm like, I ain't read shit. Oh, I got no comments. I got no opinions until I read for myself. Well, I've read them. And hopefully you all understand where we're coming from. And hopefully people can stop going, oh, don't be a baby. This is just, have you heard this shit? Like people, people like, like. There's nothing wrong with it. It's always been like dark and world of darkness. Like, no, this there's a difference. For the record, I've said that. Right. I've been one of the biggest proponents of that because I'm a horror guy. Right. I'm a horror guy. Here's the thing about horror, though. You have to have a ghost, a demon, a werewolf, a vampire, something that is the focus. That's right. the main villainy. When you're taking something in real life, it's, it's like someone's mom passed away and you decided to write a movie about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? She won't mind. Right. She was cool. And expect the family to be good with it. You know, it's like you're not really... Like especially especially if it's a horror film. You to know? me, it it very much is in the similar vein of the the dude on YouTube who went to the forest, um, in Japan where people like commit suicide. Yep. And like made a video about people like in the forest and like 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 was filming a dead body, and was like, I'm not trying to make money off of this YouTube video with my 10 million views. Like, bitch, you. And then, and then has to apologize. It's like, you didn't fucking think about it. You were like, I can make money off of this, you know? And, and to me, it's like, if you don't understand the difference between like profiting off of the pain of other people and writing, you know, sort of a revisionist history, like for instance, white wolf took a very strong stance when it came to Nazis, right? Vampires weren't responsible for that. Motherfucking people were. Let's, uh. It's taking a different direction. Yep. Material before had Baba Yaga. Mm-hmm. Locked down the whole continent. Right. It was Terror City. There were horrors that existed beyond her that she controlled everything. Completely fictional. Right? But this is when the wall and all that stuff, right? 
But it was like, oh, that makes sense. Right. The Bruja clan are the only ones rebelling, fighting this broad. We don't know what to do. What's Bobby Yaga? Oh, she's an Ictacu. Oh, there's a, all vampiric, all fake, all complete bullshit. Right. That was okay. Right? right. That's fine. This was like, you know anything about Bobby Yaga? Who? I don't know, but this is horrible, man. I'm like, right here, there's tons of data to make this horrible. You know what would make this cooler? Is if this was vampires that were murdering people. No, you, you fucking, you missed the mark. In other words, a conversation at Denny's and suddenly it's in a book. And that's, that's, that, that, I mean, that's, that's, that's what it seemed like to me. It seemed very much like, like, you know what would be cool? We used to have conversations way late at night after very little sleep, way too much coffee, lots of shitty food. And we'd be like, wouldn't it be funny if. And we were like, oh, yeah, we're 25 years old. Um, now we're adults. No, that shit's not funny. No. Right. And th- thus why it never went into a fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, let's wrap it up. Um, hopefully you've heard this podcast. You understand where we're coming from. And we'd love to hear your opinion. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely not looking to argue with anybody. But if you have a different perspective and you'd like to share it, great. But... In all things, let's keep it civil. Let's remember, we all love and enjoy the same game, and we're all entitled to our own opinions about that. And that's it. I got nothing else to say. The only thing I will add to that is uh, keep an open mind. If you're someone who has the book and you liked it, we're not saying you're wrong. We're not saying no. you suck. That's not what we're saying. No. What we're saying is is that this, we review. And when we review it, it comes with our experience, you get our opinion. That's it. Right. Well, um, Without further ado, um, we will talk to you guys again in a week where we will resume our regularly scheduled program and uh, we'll talk about Hunters Hunted 2. Until then, I'm Nathan. And I'm Bob. And we'll talk to you again soon. Hey, folks, this is Nathan from 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. If you enjoyed the podcast you just listened to, think about supporting us. For more podcasts, art, video, and gaming, go to utilitymuffinlabs.com. Follow our podcast on Twitter at 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook under Utility Muffin Lab's name, and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. Thank you again for your support. Utility Muffin Labs, consistently rated adequate.